baggers in space. We don't need no stinking baggers. Next on R. Sinclair. Welcome uh, to another episode of R. Sinclair. It's two wacky Americans look at the beloved, quirky, sort of fun ZX Spectrum. We're going down that line again. That's right, from the UK. But this week, we're going to be taking the two Americans wacky look at the ZX Next. Yes. This will be Brent's first taste of the ZX Next this week, as we're going to be having a look at baggers in space. Baggers in space. What a name, eh? We need to talk a little bit, Aaron, about yeah. the next. The next, please. Go now, ahead. Of course, how many necks between us do we own? I own zero necks. All right. I own, they're they're I, tough to get. I own negative one next. Negative one. So we are... We are you actually owe someone <laughs> one of these things. That's right. That's right. So I had to dive into the wonderful world of emulation oh, yes. this week. Now, you you just fired up the old Mr. Core. And, and to be fair... I should have done the same. Yeah, because I bought you a mister. But I didn't. Because you're dumb. I, I loaded up C-Spec, yeah. which has Next emulation. And I'll have to say, overall, it was not that bad. And the reason uh, why it was not that bad is the documentation on it is really good. Um, normally, you get these emulators, uh, especially ones without GUIs. And you're you're trying to stick play things where they're supposed to be and fumbling around with directories, and then you got to get it going, and it, it's it, it can be bad. It can be a nightmare. Yeah, this was not a nightmare. This was more difficult than just Windows install, run the machine, play the stuff, right? But it wasn't so bad. And I just want to talk about my experience a little bit with it. First was finding an emulator that that has Next support. And there's only two major ones. Um, and I went with the C-Spec, and it is, at its core, a command line interface to, to launch, to get it launched. Yeah. And, it, of course, it does uh, Spectrum stuff as well. Right. Um, which I wanted to go back and explore some, but... This week was all next. Yeah, but focus. command line though. Well, it's, what it's year just, is this, brother? No, it's just to get it started, just to launch. Right, it. I'm it, just saying though. Uh, it's flexibility, uh, and I don't mind it. So to to get the next going, you have to emulate an SD card because that's how the next works. To get it, the the files that you want put onto it and everything. Yeah. So uh, they actually have pre-made. SD card images that you can go out and get. Yeah. Which is nice. And it has a few things on it and lets you get into the next interface. Uh, and then from there, of course, it's just like you're using the next. You can browse your files uh, and it's all good. But if you have to uh, put something on your SD card, you, of course, need some. Uh, you, you mentioned that you can just open it up in Windows and put it in there. That's right. I had no luck with that. Okay. So what I did was they recommend a program called HDF Monkey. Yeah, I'll be that. And yeah. uh, with HDF Monkey and a few more command lines, you can take files from your hard drive and, and insert them into this image file. 
So, and, and the documentation is fairly decent at stepping you through that. So I did that and I got my, my, uh, copy that we purchased for the show yeah. onto the SD card. And then it was just a matter of, of selecting it and getting it going. And it was overall not a bad experience. So if you're someone out there that wants to uh, purchase software for the next or give it a test run, don't be afraid because I was able to get it going. I think overall it took me probably about 90 minutes. Oh, God. Uh, and, but that was finding what emulator to get. That was uh, finding the files because the files, unfortunately, this is one thing. And I, I don't know if it's for legal reasons or uh, I don't know if it's just multiple hands in, in the uh, helping with this. Uh, not all those files are together. Uh, you have to get the emulator by itself. You have to get the SD image by itself. You have to get the thing to inject your files uh, by itself, and of course, anything that you personally want to put onto that SD image, you have to have yourself. Yeah, it sounds like a breeze, so, Brand. For uh, it's really not that bad. It's really not that. Here's bad. the thing. I mean, what are we doing here, though? You're trying to introduce people, and the, there's very few people that can lay hands on an actual next. We'll get into why here in a minute. They're they're pricey and they're rare, brother. So, and the, and the Mr. Core is pretty much a, a dumb guy. So, if you've got one of the rare people that's got a Mr., there's a slightly increase if you can get it. But when you're running your emulator through a freaking, uh, you have to get all this stuff assembled, run it through a command line, you've pretty much closed off access to the majority of people that might want to try the next, in my opinion. I disagree, and here's why. Oh, of course. If you are wanting to mess with the next, you are not inexperienced. In the world of computing. Well, I mean, in you've my got a, opinion, you've got a valid point. There. So I think that the effort it takes to get this going uh, is minimal for the people who are wanting to give it a shot. I'll just I'll I'll double down on what you said. All the great, brilliant people that would use the simulator. One of you geniuses put together front end. How about that? That shouldn't take you that because you're so smart. You can figure it out. Put a front end together for the rest of the plebeians out there. Or you could just use the Mister. Of course, I gifted you a Mister, and I gifted you a card that was ready to go. You could have just fired that up, and in turn, you spent like a dullard. You spent two hours mulling around in ninety dark. minutes. There is an hour and a half. With all that said, I understand math is hard. Let's uh huh. Listen, you, if you got ninety minutes to kill, you can go get an abacus. Um, so the ZX next, just to touch base on what this is, since we really haven't talked about it much. Me and you've never talked about what it is. We've all, of course, heard of the beloved ZX Spectrum, uh, the Sinclair. So some fellows decided, hey, what would it look like to do if they put another one out? And so uh, the ZX Next, Spectrum Next was born. Uh, it was uh, released in 2017, uh, which uh, and it's completely compatible with the uh, the original Spectrum and, and the ZX81. Uh, and it's mostly uh, a computer that was, like you said, it was it was released uh, to, for enthusiasts, yes, basically, absolutely, uh, and also for people that might want to do some coding uh, on a more modern, more up to date spectrum, not have to put up with you know ancient hardware uh, and stuff like that. Uh, they did get the blessing of, of of Sinclair, and so and it was been put out there. Have been two waves of this thing. It's an interesting device. Boy, having seen one, it's a beautiful device. 
Absolutely. Uh, the absolutely, it does look absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. It's a real nice. It's a real nice to uh, real nice uh, piece of kit. Uh, this thing has a uh, uh, basically an FPGA in it uh, that will, that basically gives it a, a lot of versatility. They developed its own the uh, the uh, the next ZX OS operating system. Uh, it's got HDMI, VGA. It's got all your joystick ports, PS2 port. Uh, it's got Wi-Fi, on, so if you have the certain models, some of them you can stick a, a Pi in to do additional stuff. It does a lot of great stuff. Uh, there, you know, you're talking, uh, you know, four hundred and fifty to uh, going up to pick one of these things up. I mean, they're not they're not dirt cheap or anything. If you're talking talking about secondhand getting them, no, I'm talking about when you initially ordered them. About you're all said and done. I believe some of the people in the chat were saying they were paying around. 450, 475. Yeah. If you are looking to get one of these off eBay right now, it is a literal shotgun shoot on what yeah. you're going to pay. I've seen prices as low as like $600 shipped, brand new, unopened box. Yeah. Which is not bad because I don't think that's I'm, not horribly bad considering, but I mean, it's still, you're going about 120, 130 bucks up because you're not waiting. Yeah. And, and I've seen some people. Uh, listing here's one for tw with 27 games. Uh huh. Take a wild guess what uh, uh, next with 27 games will cost. 1200 yeah. bucks. Two thousand forty-five. Someone's uh, someone's angling with that one at thirteen bits. Apparently, well, it was, uh, there you go. It was popular, so it's really all over the map right now. Yeah. So, uh, and to put it in perspective, according to the wiki, uh, they've they've had two waves of kickstarters. The first wave had about 3,000 of these things, a little over 3,000. The second one, they put out uh, 5,100. 5, so on, on the Earth, you're talking less than 10,000 of these, and which is still less than, say, the Mimo Tech or something. <laughs> these things are incredibly rare. Uh, but, I mean, I, it, there's talk of a third Kickstarter. That's your bag. Uh, the I, Again, I, using the, the core... The next core on the Mister is is a delight, and I use it to run all my Spectrum games as well. Uh, this thing will run Spectrum games and give you certain advantages, including the ability to increase the speed and whatnot. Uh, but one thing that this does have is it, it it has abilities that well above and beyond what the ZX uh, Spectrum would have, and so one would expect the the quality of the software to increase exponentially with this new power. And we will find out if that's the case uh, today uh, as we look at the two. Might as well go ahead and Brent just, and just jump right into this thing. We're going right into it. Let's huh? get right into it because it's funny because this game, Baggers in Space, uh, was worked on by Jim Bagley, who is one of the product, project members of the next. So he was a big wheeler dealer with the next. Yeah. So this guy not only uh, was in there with the hardware, but he's now he's producing software uh, through his uh, his company here. So let's talk about it, uh, Baggers in Space. Uh, this came out uh, June 9, 2020. It's a Next exclusive, uh, Brent, uh, developed and published by Rusty Pixels. Uh, they've actually uh, worked on, uh, from what their webpage said to the Wikis, they've worked on five games, not counting this one, uh, Tavarian, Warhawk, Scramble, and Crowley World Tour. Uh, they've they've got uh, all those are all next games. So I, I assume this company was made specifically to make titles for the next. Sure. This was coded by a fellow named uh, Michael Ware and also with Jim Bagley. 
Uh, Ware worked on everything I just mentioned, plus he was credited with a game on the CPC called Tanium. Uh, Bagley, my God, this guy's credits stretch back from here to eternity, but I'll just to touch on some of the highlights. He's been around the block, uh, if you know what I mean. He was working on stuff way back in 87, uh, for example, uh, just to throw out some of his credits, uh, World Class Leader Golf and the Specky, Roadrunner, uh, Street Sports Basketball, uh, Red Heat, Cabal, Midnight Resistance. He worked on the CPC and ZX versions of some of these. He, Hudson Hawk. Then he moved into like uh, Game Boy, uh, Game Gear. He worked Ultimate Soccer. He worked on Saturn Game Revolution X. I mean, he went right up the line here. Doom on the Saturn. He worked on, he programmed that. Uh, he walked, he kept going Game Boy Color. So this guy's, uh, went, moved all the way into the PlayStation era. He worked on a ton of stuff going up the line. So this guy's been around the block forever. Of course, if you know anything about the Spectrum, Bagley's name is, uh, is very revered. He's a big deal. Uh, the graphics in this were, were a fellow named, uh, Lobo. Spadoofs, uh, who worked on the aforementioned games from uh, Rusty Pixels. And the music on this, I'm going to try to not butcher this one, the brand. Alan uh, Isjoff Boshrup Sorensen, who worked on the above games. Plus, he worked on a couple Windows titles and a phone title. Uh, and so you, these guys have all worked. They're all next birds, if you will, because they've worked on probably more games together than most people have worked on the next uh, with all that said, before we get too deep into it, I've only played, oh, I don't know, maybe four or five titles on the next, counting this one. So I don't really, to be honest with you, I'm not sure who the big movers and shakers are or even how large the next library is. I'll look around. I see stuff come out. But, I mean, this game is probably the one that I know most on the next, and I can't yeah. name number two. The game we looked at years ago was called Speed, and I believe the guy that wrote it was the first release title. He was a real nice guy, and so really with those with those two plus a few of demos I played, uh, they are those are the ones I played the most now. So if you uh, read this uh, or listen to this uh, in YouTube or in the comments, drop us a note if you have favorites. Let's so give us some ideas. Maybe we'll try some other stuff. Um, this is a one player game. This was, a, we paid for this one, uh, the bread. This one's not a freebie. Uh, we uh, we went to the digital store over at uh, um, Rusty Pixel's webpage and picked this thing up digitally for 15 US dollars. We'll talk about the value of that when we get as we get towards the end of the thing. Uh, they sell a SD card version of this for 20 euros and not counting shipping. There's been a lot of people. Um, Which is out of stock. Yeah, Way yeah, out of stock. Yeah, out of stock. There have been a lot of people uh, that are have been uh, hoping against hope that they release a sort of physical boxed version of this. And I don't... It's funny because the, when you buy the game, it comes in a directory. And the directory has the soundtrack, the game, like the manual, and it also has what it looks exactly like the cover of a box. Yeah. You know, so one would assume that they could put a... You know, I mean, you can print your own, I guess, if you want to make your own box. Like a sort of like a Switch title. Uh, would be, but uh, that did here or there, but that's it's out there if you want it. Um, so let's get down to the nitty gritty, Brent. Uh, <clears throat> Barriers in Space is a game uh, where you start off as uh, uh, as poor old baggers, you're driving your rocket ship along in space, and bam, 
you hit something and you break and your ship breaks in three sections and crash lands on a planet. Yes. And then it shows the planet and then you the planet surface. The planet surface. And then you and then you're tasked with going around reassembling your rocket. But really that's only when the adventure truly begins, because at that point, you're going to have to uh literally blow a hole in that planet. And then, and then uh, move yourself down into the planet looking for fuel uh, canisters. Why they're there, don't know. <laughs> but why, why you're using dynamite on a rocket ship, don't know that either. But by God, that's what you're doing. And uh, this has all the elements of Jetpack uh, on the upper screen. If you've ever played Jetpack, the very classic uh, 8-bit title, uh, combined with all the elements of uh, Hero under the ground, uh, with some more diabolical elements uh, than Hero ever threw at you that you have to deal with underground. So this is sort of a hybrid. Really, the jetpack section of this is pretty... I mean, it's not... You don't spend a ton of time up on the planet of Simpson. No, no rocket. It, it, it's simply a a level just like um, just like a level in any other video game. It, yeah. It's a single screen. Uh, there are threats. The the Each planet has a different enemy that it throws on at you on the surface. Sometimes they come from below or from above. Sometimes they come from the left and right. Sometimes they do both. They always have unique patterns at which they uh, neander across the screen. Yeah. And each planet is themed. Yeah. Industrial or Egyptian or, or jungle. Uh, so and the enemies don't necessarily match the theme. I mean, some do for sure, but some are just Abstract shapes, yeah, uh, and, and that it really for a game like this, this is that's fine. Yeah, um, it's funny if you think about it. When you play the original Jetpack, the entire game was the first little small part of this yeah. game, and so it's almost like, and, and some was I like what he. I don't. I'm not sure this is intentional. Maybe it was. It was almost like they were saying, "Look, here's what you played on your on your Spectrum. Now here's what you're playing on this thing because we're opening up. Yeah. It's almost like there's a uh, uh, there's a symbolism there, perhaps." Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but it really the, the true game begins when you pop open the world with dynamite. No, I very much agree. And it, I, as from doing research on this, I kept on seeing, you know, it referred to as as the evolution of jetpack, and, and I, I get it. Yeah, but I oh totally disagree. This is so much more like Hero. Yeah. Than, than jetpack ever right ever was i mean it, it, which i mean if you're gonna if you're gonna steal steal from the best uh, that's in my opinion so if you're if you take the if you take jetpack and then staple it on top of a hero clone you can do much worse and that's and <laughs> no means are we saying that in a, a disrespectful way yeah uh, this adds far more elements than heroes right. has uh but just as a if i had to say man what's that game remind me of it's going to be Hero yeah. way before anything And else. we should mention Hero, a, a, a game that I believe originally, it was an Activision game, I think, that came out in the Atari 2600 originally. Yeah. It's a game where you uh, are a guy who goes and rescues miners in an underground cave using dynamite to bluff walls and a laser to kill enemies. And, uh, and a little and, and a uh, helicopter. Helicopter pack. Yeah, so this guy <laughs> has updated that. And so this is a one of my... One of my favorite games of that year. I love. I think yes. we both are big fans yes, of that. Huge. So huge when I fan. saw how this game was going to go, I'm like, okay. But of course, much like anything, you're not. This has nothing to do with miners. And there's when you're going down through the underground area, unlike Hero, you're actually going down to do multiple places to do multiple things through a myriad of different enemies and 
obstacles. Let's get into exactly how that works. So we mentioned you crash your ship, you land, uh, your ship is blown into three portions. First thing you have to do is, is move around on that screen and assemble your ship. And that's just simply touching the element of your ship, putting on top of the next element until you've got all three pieces. It takes yes. you no time. You're dodging stuff. Maybe as you get in the higher levels, more things go on, but I can only, I managed to make it to the fourth level in this before I couldn't get any further. So once that happens, cr crate will fall from the sky that says TNT on it. This will give you supply of dynamite. You go over and there's an area Sort of like you could tell that you can blow up with yeah, the dynamite. Yeah, very obvious. You they pull, don't try to hide You pull it. down on the joystick, you move away, it blows up, just like Hero, Yep. and then you're in. By the way, I don't have a problem with that. It worked fine in Hero. In fact, it works better in this than it did in Hero. I was, I, occasionally, I would accidentally drop dynamite, but not nearly as often as I did in Hero. Um, and then once you've dynamite open the planet, you descend into the planet, and different planets are going to have different obstacles as you work your way through this down through a maze uh, to to find these different uh, fuel fuel canisters. Fuel canisters. Yep. Uh, what did you think about the control on this? The brick because controlling a game like this is key. <clears throat> well, my question to you is: yeah. Did you play this with a joystick? I did. Or the keyboard. That joystick. I played with the keyboard, and it was very responsive. Really? Um, now it had the whole. Uh, the the uh, WSIO setup uh, with spacebar as shoot, so it, it took a little bit of getting used to because that's not how my brain usually thinks about controlling a left, right, up, down on a keyboard. Yeah, but the floatiness of your character, uh, the the acceleration of your jetpack when you're moving up, the momentum that you keep. When you start going left or right, is all finely tuned. Yeah, mm, uh, yeah. it is incredibly. It, I never felt like. Now there might have been times where I would float too high, right? But it, when I much did like that, Icarus. when I did that, it was it was never. Uh, man, that didn't feel right. It yeah. was me holding the button too long, and then I would float up into some spikes. Uh, it was really nice to have a game where you sit down for the first time and it all just clicks. Yeah. It all feels good. I've read no manuals on this. No. And I instantly understood that I when I picked up the dynamite, down was dynamite. I instantly understood how long my laser gun was, how often I had to shoot, how hard enemies were, how uh, uh, I needed to how long I had to hold the key to fly around. It was all instant, and yeah. it was so nice. And this does, uh, I, again, I use the stick, but this has the keyboard. You can also reset the keys, Yeah, and among other things. I, I didn't play with the keyboard, but I heard people say that they didn't like it as much with the keyboard as the joystick. I can understand that. Oh, I, I thought it was great. But you'll notice... I like keyboard stuff, though. You'll notice we talked about... I want to talk about the control and the, uh, and the precision before I even talked about the graphics, because in a game like this, we can. I've played hero type games with every sort of graphic, as remedial as you can get to the yeah. top tier, and that's all well and good. But when it comes to a game like this, if you botch the controls, you're done. Your game's done. Yes, and I agree. This, this is probably of all the various versions of this sort of game I play. This is the most accurate when it comes to moving around, precise control. Because a game like this, where you're like effectively moving up, down, and you're with the jetpack. 
you've got to get that propellant correct, the yeah. way it works, and it works great. Uh, the uh, uh, anytime I died. I would. I knew it was because I'd screwed up. Yes. There are some areas that are like they'll put like pickups on spikes, so you have to be. And I would get off. I would hit the spikes. Well, it's because I didn't have the touchdown. Yeah, you get the touchdown. But this isn't like those games that use the controls to as part of the game. I mean, let me rephrase that. There some games artificially increase the difficulty of the game by making the controls suck or yes. difficult. This isn't that game. No, this is a this game plays fair with the controls. Uh, and I, I I found everything to be totally responsive. Like I said, the dynamite, I would every once in a while drop one accidentally, but for the most part, that wasn't a problem. I've had that problem on every version of this game yeah. we played. So being with keyboard, I never, ever. Listen, when me right. and you agree on the, th- I mean, top shelf of the control, they're good yeah. controls. So think about that. Now let's talk about the graphics. When this game, when this game comes up, there's a very nice, uh, splash, splash screen, screen yeah. uh, of of your guy like in a spacesuit fighting aliens. Then there's a screen where your guys are working on the ship, and it sort of flashes the credits and some it, some hints mm-hmm, will flash mm-hmm. up there. It's all well done. Uh, the uh, the color palette that they use is sort of they're sort of uh, blues and blacks and these and these sort of lava reds in the sky. It's all very well done. The uh, uh, I don't want to listen. You know how we do it on here. I don't want to sound like I'm blowing smoke up everybody's hiding here. But listen, whoever put the graphics together on this, the the uh, still screens and whatnot, this was someone with that with that had spent some time dealing in the world of graphics for this sort of mach- machine. Yes. You know your your top shelf eight bit graphics guys. This was some. This was beautifully done. As the game starts out and your ship shoots across on a little opening screen and hits whatever it comes at. And splits apart. Well done. It's a nice screen. It's always fun to see it. It's almost like a little reward for getting to yeah. the last level. Yeah, it's a little cutscene. You yeah. never know what kind of wacky thing you're going to hit. The first thing you hit is an asteroid, but then you hit like a pharaoh head, and then you hit like a um, spectrum, a, a spec, a Zach spectrum. And then you hit a TARDIS. Yeah, that's as far as I got was seeing the TARDIS. You know, uh, uh, so you, that's neat. And then it shows the, it gives you the planet you're going to. There's a sort of a cutoff of the planet as you guys sort of honing in on it. It's all well done. So yes. all the cutscene stuff is nice. Uh, and then the actual, the gameplay screens themselves, where you're actually, you know, working in the environment, they're crisp. Their graphics are bright, colorful. They suit the mood of the, the at least the again. I only saw the four levels, but it suits all the moods of the, of the levels. They've got a, a theme going, and they sort of stick to it. Some of the levels are kind of jungly, for example. Uh, some levels are more like stonework, uh, and I like that. And the, the enemies are you can tell what's happening. There's no mix up, and I will say. Uh, unlike say some other ZX titles we played, there no is no color clash or any of that stuff. Of course not. Yeah, it's all quite crisp. What did you think of the graphics on this, the brand? This is this, in my opinion, has uh, uh, graphics on par with some of the best Super Nintendo games out there. Really? Yes. I thought you were going to say something like the, the Master System. No, I, because it's we, the res is higher than a Master System. That's yes. Sure. Yeah. The the Bonus this gets when it comes to graphics is the depth that they've put into the background. Yeah. You, when you are now, of course, when you're out in space with your spaceship, it's just a start, your standard star field, right? Yeah. But when you go underground into the locations, uh, everything feels so fleshed out. The depth of the background feels, it, it's not like you're looking down a 3D plane, but the wall behind you, 
is not just a flat stonework. It has interesting elements back there, be it, uh, you know, uh, st- steel grating or uh, markings of a pharaoh's tomb. They've been shaded correctly on the on the edge of the fringes. Yes. Yeah, and it also the platforms that you're actually wor- walking on are all in focus. They're all right there. You're yeah. never going to mistake a background element, at least from the levels I saw, for something in the background. The separation is. Absolutely wonderful in it. Yeah, uh, you're right. I agree with that. The enemies are, they range from good to great. I really wish that some of the enemies uh, are bland. Uh, your your fire, your, your balls of, of light and stuff like that are a little bland. Yeah. I, I, I don't say that as much as a detriment as They're old a compliment yeah. to... Some of the sprites that they did so well, the 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 uh, rock creatures on one of the planets that you're on are so detailed, and they've got these they they look like they feel heavy. Um, I wish they would have put that level of detail in all the enemies, but then again, if you do that, you risk the the ones that you did put that kind of detail in not being as special. There aren't bosses in this. It's always a go we get, saw again. We, we I, saw. I, I, I'll heard you get in. You know, about to say, I, yeah. I made it to the end of the one where you get hit by the TARDIS. Yeah, so that's the end of level. I four. didn't get. I didn't get to the end. Um, I got about halfway through it. But the there are, there aren't large bosses. You know, take up half the screen. That would be so neat to see. Yeah, I mean, it's not really fitting for a game like this because you aren't your character you're playing as isn't an explorer, an adventurer. He's just trying to get home. Yeah, yeah. These are it, the adventures that he's going on. Is not what he wants to do. It's what he has to do to to get to where he's going. Uh, that said, you know, some of the sprites on this are super impressive, and some are not nearly as nice. Um, also, with the graphics, every stage is totally unique. At least from what we saw, you don't. Uh, reuse sprites. Uh, you know, your, some of your fireball type things you might see similar or exact copies to in later levels because they're just fire again. Yeah. Or missiles. Uh, but they do try to theme it up to the level that you're on. Um, all of that comes together to a beautiful, wonderful package that is just a joy to look at. Yeah. And it's funny. I, um, as you play the game, I mean, this game is, you can tell its feet are firmly on the, on the specky and because it's got those sorts of enemies. I mean, they're like, so like you mentioned, it's a mixed bag. Like there's a level of like the, these like Bigfoot guys. I think probably the rock guys you're talking about, they look good. And then you've got just random balls and crud yeah. coming down. So it's a mixed bag. One thing I want to uh, mention is the, I really enjoy the effect of the actual jetpack. And other yeah, enemies little, have that little, little sparkle. sparkle trails. And I yeah. also like the gun, which is your Defender-style shot. Yes. Which is kind of broken up laser. It's a, it's a real good look. And there's no ammo to worry about. There's no energy bar to worry about. You just And enemies don't... Most of them take more than one shot. Yeah. But that's fine because the weapon that they give you is so satisfying to use. It's like shooting little needles. And it feels good to... to Hover up and down while something's going up and down on the wall. Yeah. Uh, a gameplay element we have to mention, since we're kind of talking about it already, 
When you kill an enemy, it stays dead. Yeah. So you can wipe out an entire thing. Although there are some except, things that just never stop. Except, yeah, yeah there are uh, rooms where you might have one or two enemies that spawn that kind of come from the background type effect. At those, you can't kill off permanently. But anything that's walking around the level uh, is kill it and it's dead and then it's out of your way. Let's talk about, since we're talking about game elements, uh, this game has uh, an air element and a health element to it. So you when you take hits from enemies, you don't just instantly die. You've got a health bar, yeah. which I, oh, you I, had I, to have I appreciate that. Yeah, uh, and then you've also got an air bar. I don't appreciate that as much because that's usually how I died. Yeah, it's a time. Air limit. is a timer. Now there are pickups on some levels that will allow you to get more air, more health. There yeah. are also you'll occasionally see these like they look like a totem heads or something that uh, that you can pick up and up with these things. Points. You get some sort of snow. If you get the instructions, say if you pick up and up, you get a special power. But I don't remember getting anything, so maybe I didn't pick up enough of them. Uh, but uh, the uh, the health, uh, this stuff is sporadic. In fact, uh, there are some levels I don't remember seeing any health or air on at all. And then some you sort of have to have it to get through it. I'm sure they, I mean, this game has 16 levels plus a 17th like bonus level. And since I've only seen the first four levels, I'd wager there's a, a lot of hidden stuff in store. In terms of enemies, you've got robots, you've got natural reoccurring things, you've got spikes, you've got fire, you've got lasers, you've got laser gates, you've got fans that will blow your hither and yarn. Uh, so you've got a lot of elements to, to uh, avoid. Locked doors. Yeah, locked doors. I didn't mention that. We've got locked doors in this as well. Uh, so there's plenty of stuff. Like I said, it's, it's not just a hero knockoff. They really expanded on the uh, on the elements underground. Uh, and when you when you finally get that last, you, it takes usually three fuel uh, uh, Yeah, three. And you to, have to go get it and bring it back. To, yeah, you have to do them one at a time. And eventually, when you fill your ship of the fuel, if you're not dead, then the ship will shoot off into space and you'll get a, a bonus based on the amount of air you've got left. Uh, as you go up, and then it, then it flips to the next level. It's quite well done. Yes. It's right. The thing is, it, we're blowing this thing up. We're putting it over. But it's this is the kind of game that's in our wheelhouse. This is the kind of game me and you both love. Yeah. It's almost like they made it for us. I think when they sit down to make a next game, they're like, listen, what's it? What's going to get us over? And, that, <laughs> and seriously, because it's not like we're alone. Ton like Boat loves a Hero as well. There's a ton of people that like this style of gameplay. And so they, it was a good choice, and it does a good job in showing off the abilities of of the uh, of the next, uh, because this is the spectrum. I mean, it is a it is a a, a leap yes. in abilities. Like Brent said, this is something that was is very could you could you could have set comfortable with a console, and I think uh, would have done well uh, and and graphically and stuff. But he did. You know, the thing about the next that's kind of fun, and you don't have to do this, but you can. But if you preserve, like this, preserves enough of the look of the spectrum of a spectrum game. Uh, you know, it's the perfect game for this system. Yeah. An updated spectrum game. That's what this is. It's yes. an updated spectrum game that we With, love. But without, it's an updated spectrum game that still goes above and beyond everywhere it needs to. Right. Right. Uh, two things I want to. We got We got to mention one okay, thing first. Ahead. The music on this thing. Off the charts, yeah. good music and sound effects Holy are the same, simultaneous. By the way, yeah. here's another one. Yeah, and music is great, varied. Uh, uh, Sorensen did a hell of a job. Yes, with the tunes in this. You're right. I'm glad you mentioned that because I hadn't thought about it. Yeah, the the sound in this all around is good. Everything yeah. about it is good. 
the sound is that the music at the right level to where when you play it, you, the sound effects still ring out quite nicely. Um, it's, it's, here's what I, you know, we, and I'm a wrestling fan. So when you get two really good old school wrestlers together, people call, they say, listen, these two men had a great professional wrestling match. That's what this reminds me of. This is a great professionally made video game by people that know their business yes. and have been around the block. Yeah. That's what this is. They, they can't like, I've got really nothing bad to say about it. And from the gameplay perspective, from the, of what the, the content, the learning curve, I don't know, maybe it's a little steep. No, I mean, no, I played no, this I thing so. for, I played it for a week and I could get, I was, you're going to memorize the levels. That's something else I want to bring up while I'm thinking about it. When you go into these underground, these these caverns are sort of like one big chained up dungeon you go through. I mean, they're like, uh, and but the, they're actually they're cunningly designed in a lot of ways, and they're diabolically designed in other yes. ways. They're very cleverly done. So even that element of it, they got right. They didn't just randomly put some crap down in a in a in a, in a uh, bunch of rooms. You go through rooms and rooms connect with each other in weird ways, but yeah. it works. It has a weird looping mechanic, and that was something I wanted. To, I was going to mention. It has a weird looping mechanic where if you go far enough left or right, you will loop around, but it's not just one screen. It's no. usually multiple screens before you loop around. Uh, and the crazy thing is, up and down is the same way. Yeah, um, that's it's real. I don't. It's I mean, it's, it's bonkers. It's disorienting. It with especially the first time it happens, but the the game does an awesome job of easing you into it. And it, later on, it becomes essential to understand how the things are looping around because the the maze element of the game is one hundred percent uses it to its max capacity. Yeah. Um, Aaron, I don't know if you even noticed this, but when you pick up items. The fuel items, for example, uh, in a room, you might have the enemies that are spawning in the back, and they're they're spawn one or two enemies every four or five seconds. But when you pick something up, it triggers the enemies to start coming at you harder. Did you notice that I, while you're playing? I well, I don't think I did actually. I mean, what? I, but I. They shoot more, they're faster. They, they, they come out faster. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're more aggressive. They do shoot more. Um, and that's a fun element of the game because it allows you the path to your objective is more laid back. I mean, yeah. it doesn't mean I'm not saying it's easy. I'm saying it's, it's more approachable. Yeah. And you know, when you pick up that fuel and you're heading back, that your trip back is going to be more intense. You don't have the because you've already spent the exploration part of your mind. You've already that's getting to the item. You spent that right. You can't. You know where the item is now. Yeah. So they replace that excitement that that feeling of the exploration part with the more intense enemies, the more intense combat. That is such good game design. Plus, you're usually so up good. against the gun. In some ways, the when you in, in some ways when you remove the fuel for, and you're flying out of there because your only goal at that point is to get out of there. There's a little tinge of if you flood caverns from Mars on the uh, eight bits, uh, that there's a little flavor there where you're going back the way you came and you're trying to fight through because you know what you've seen already so that you're going through. Uh, so uh, I think I think that's well done. Now, I want to talk to you briefly. We mentioned this uh, at the beginning of the uh, look. Uh, this was a, this cost us about fifteen bucks for a digital copy. Yeah. And now that's 
that's pricier than I would than I would normally pay for a digital copy. So what do you think about in terms of bang for the buck, considering that this was a one of the premier next titles? You think fifteen bucks, and this thing's been out for four years now too. Is that do you think it's a fair price for this? I mean, I in uh, most games I would bury for that, but this one's awful good. So it's 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 there. What do you think? Here's my issue. All right, this is this is. Boy, some people are going to say, Brent, you're an idiot. Well, I've, I've been saying, saying that for years. You know, you, you're the one getting yourself in this situation. I think if you were offering a digital version of this game, $15 is an absolutely fine price. Okay. But if you are selling a digital product for $15, I shouldn't have to go get the emulator. I should be able to double click on it oh, and you, it goes. You want it wrapped. Yes. Well, that's not the worst and, idea. And if, but of course, they weren't aiming it for the non-owner. I, I get that. I get all Maybe of that. Maybe they should be aiming it for the non-owner. I get all of that. But if you are going to have a product that you are selling for, and, and, and I, this might be a little out of line, but I feel like 15 US is a premium price yeah. for what you're getting. Yeah. I, I, I And the game absolutely... Absolutely, it's worth fifteen U.S. dollars. Absolutely, yeah. But I think if you're paying, if you're charging that price, you have to go the extra mile and include a way to click, click, play the game. Uh, to be honest, I hadn't thought of this. I'm glad you brought that up because, and there may be a legal reason why they can't wrap it. We played a game. It was called like it was called Demons of Torborg, or something like that for the for the uh, um, Genesis. It was the biggest Genesis game. Remember a couple of years ago we played. I bought this thing and I got it on Steam. And the ROM was in there, but it was packaged up with an yes. emulator, and you could play it. Yes, I, I will say I think this game would get a lot more word of mouth if it was wrapped like that. Yes. If, you, if you're if you're Joe Schmo, and I don't think this is on Steam. I think you have to get it through their website. Uh, yeah. But, I mean, this is such a good game. It is sort of a shame that such a limited amount of people are going to get to play it. You know, 15, I, I'll listen. I think you, I rarely give you credit because you don't ever deserve it. But you might be onto something here because if you can wrap this up, you know, the company releases uh, games to the Amiga uh, and they have them all ready to go. You just double click on them and play them, right? Yeah. Now, I've put them over for years. They're still around. They're still doing their job over there. I think it's a company that PL. Head thumbs up to you guys, but this would be a similar situation if you could if you would sell this ready to go for the your your PC, you know, someone that can just fire it up. This would be an excellent, and then fifteen bucks is no problem. Yes, I mean I, like I said, fifteen dollars is the highest of the high end I would pay for like an independent, old school computer game that's brand new. I mean, this one is so good. Yes. That I'm not going to bury it. Yeah. I, I think this is a, a real good game. It's what I'm going to go back to. Yes. I'm going to play it over and over because yes. it's a fun game. Yep. You know, I'm 100% right there with you. And I, I kind of want to play some of their other offerings now, too. So this is also good well, for Rusty Pixels. See, that's the problem, though. I, I, would, I, too, would like to check out some of their other stuff. But, and even though I've, I've already, I'm already set up emulator-wise, right? That, that's not my problem. I just... Is every game going to be this good? Is $15 worth taking a risk knowing that I, if something happens, if I go to another computer, I can't just load this up on another computer. I've got to reset up the emulator. I've got yeah. to re-download all the files. Yeah. I, and, you know, 
that's a tough pill for me to swallow well, for yeah. fifteen dollars. It's an easier pill if you've got a if you've got a mister or the actual in the next. Yes. And for people that have a next, uh, for you few, you lucky few, if you don't own this already, go buy it. Yes. I mean, so you're, because if you want people to if you want people to say, hey, why'd you spend all that money on that? Bam, fire this up. This yeah. is a good game. Absolutely. You know, uh, and maybe the other offerings from them are just as good. Like I said, it'll be interesting. Maybe we'll come down this road again. And there, the uh, sequel to this game, uh, uh, Beggars in Space Detour, is supposed to be released right around the corner. Yeah, I saw and, some talk about it's that. It's supposed to have um, more levels. It's supposed to pick up where, the, where this one leaves off story-wise, although I'm not 100% sure what that means, of course. It's supposed to be um, ha- have tighter controls, which yeah. I don't know how that's possible. I think the controls are near perfect as yeah. is. Yeah. Um, and I, they don't have a way to purchase that right now. It was a kick through the Kickstarter. Uh, maybe once it gets released to the Kickstarters, it's going to be released on the website as well. I would love to take a look at it. You yeah. know, down the line, maybe some point down the line we'll get another next game. Now we. You know, it's funny. There weren't a lot of conventional reviews. Obviously, this came out in 2020. Yeah. I was really, to be well, honest with you, Brent. I was reviewers, a- man. It, it, how can you re- review a product when you say, hey, here's the file. Go jump through the hoops. Well, I mean, I, well, I don't know how many, if there's any next uh, magazines I and whatnot. you would have people review this if it was easier to get It's going. funny because when I looked on YouTube to get some, I was, I don't want to see the later levels and stuff. There really, there's not hardly Nothing. anything up there. There's little tidbits. I'm going to try to remedy that. Yeah, because I mean, I was surprised. And this yeah. game's been out for a while. Like I said, it's got, it, at the, when I heard about it, this was the game. Yeah. You know, so you know, I don't know, but we did get some reviews here. We get a lot of reviews, actually, Brent, if you'll indulge me here from our, from our good buddies over at Discord. We're going to lead the dance with our old stalwarts, Bajaka, who writes, I waited over two years to play this game my Spectrum next. I wanted to play this on the real machine, and man, it was worth it. Loading this up felt like uh, felt like a kid playing games again. At first glance, you think this is just a jetpack clone, but I'll notice much more than that. Not only are you rebuilding your rocket after some amusing space collisions, but now you have to descend into various themed caverns to find fuel while trying not to die. Combining Jetpack, Gravatar, and dare I say a little Atari adventure, Baggers in Space is a fun game that isn't too brutal and offers a good difficulty curve. It had me cussing and laughing like a drunken sailor while struggling to put down the joystick and go to bed. I haven't finished the game yet, and fully intend to, as with the added bonus that it lets you continue when you load it up again. Yes. And there are some quite interesting level designs to keep it all fresh. The, uh, with fun graphics and jaunty music, if you like Jetpack, Gravatar, even Solar Jetman, this will be the game you will also enjoy. 8.5 out of 10. P.S. Rutty Pixels, if you're listening, hordes of people want to fork over money for physical copies. Wow, I, I just mentioned that. You are sitting on a gold mine, so take my hard-earned coins, please. <laughs> Mitsuyama, and I should mention, Mitsuyama had the the only NX Next we've actually got to play with was, was NX Next, he brought the Boat Fest last yeah. year. We thank you for that, Mitz. Mitz writes, uh, if you ask any next owner which game they'd recommend you play to get an idea of what the next can do, uh, it would surely be Baggers in Space. It will be the one of the first games they mention. And it's easy to see why. It's obviously heavy, heavily influenced by Jetpack. This is more than just an old 8-bit game that's been given a graphical update. Gameplay has been expanded to include maze-like caverns that you must navigate to collect the fuel needed to escape the planet. The design of these mazes includes some nice 
gameplay elements that give you the choice between either just grabbing the fuel and leaving or taking time to fully explore the level and collect all those bonus points. Learning the best route through the mazes and knowing when to collect the health and air refills is key to getting a high score. We didn't mention the score aspect of this. This does have a score, and there is plenty of opportunity for point pressing in this, I yeah. think. Uh, so that might be something to uh, look into. Uh, could, anyway. oh, it, it looks like you can cheese it, but <laughs> well, we'll see. Mitsuyama continues. The game has been uh, given a lot of polish. Each level has a unique intro animation, soundtrack, and graphical style that includes different enemies. Both the graphics and music throughout the game are excellent. The main character, the titular Baggers, controls nicely, too, including some neat touches, such as having him walk slower than he can hover and changing his inertia slightly when he's carrying a fuel pickup. Which you didn't mention that either. That's true. I have I found using a joystick preferable to using the keyboard. One thing help, missing, however, is the ability to hold down to hover as you've in the original jetpack. Uh, my only minor complaint is the gameplay can become repetitive after a while, but it's fun to play in short sessions. And the challenge of clearing your current level and see what's next will keep you coming back for more. Some Spectrum Next games can feel like poor 16-bit games, but there's something that makes Baggers in Space feel uniquely like a Spectrum Next game, 8 out of 10. The Hermster, Hermkey, so like I said, Hermkey's probably the longest playthrough I've seen of yep. this, uh, chimes in, a Herm Firm 9 out of 10. Taking Jetpack to the next level, exploring new maps for each level is super exciting, but I do get stressed out by the air timer, me too. I like to take my time to fully search the place to enjoy and find the hidden areas of the map, but I love the fact that you can continue the game at the level you previously left it at. You do not need to pra practice. You, you do need a practice uh, go or two on each level to learn the best route. It makes for a fantastic game. Well done, Jimbo. Now off to play the new sequel, Baggers in Space, The Detour. And lastly, our good friend Jed Byrne chimes in. Baggers in Space is the spirit of the next distilled into one fun-to-play game. The ultimate-inspired gameplay is pure specky fun with smooth, colorful graphics and a lot of jolly tunes. The game makes for a much better sequel to Jetpack than Lunar Pothole Fixing Man ever did. Baggers himself is wonderfully responsive, and he can take a few hits before imploding. This makes wandering around the caverns a very pleasant jaunt, free from the frustrations of last month's ghouls and ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> Rusty Pixel should really release a physical version to celebrate the long-awaited arrival KS2. So there's two people that are, are asking for a... Uh, they're asking for the physical copy. That tells me they should release a physical copy. <laughs> the thing that gets me is, you're charging 15 bucks for the digital... What could you charge for the physical? You could probably charge 60 bucks. Well, no. I'm saying you could, and you well, could I mean, get away with Listen, <laughs> dude, you know how these things go. I, I think 30 is where they you would could, go if they you had could, a physical. I would, I would charge fi a fitty, fitty spot, and then bam, you put a, you put some uh, feelies in that sucker, you're good to go. I, Maybe a baggers, like, fridge magnet. You know, I, I think you'd be asking a lot of your community if you tried to charge fifty dollars well, for a physical copy. Nevertheless, to summarize, buyers in space, we liked it. Bing, we enjoyed it quite a bit, and that was our first trip on the next. I think we're definitely going to come back for another round. Yeah, because one would wonder, is this the best thing they've got? Because this is several that's, years that's old. A, that's a big question. You know, I, and this is one thing I talked to Boat about a while back. So here we are. It's, it's twenty twenty four as we record this. 
uh, this thing's been, uh, you know, we got to think this refers to what came out, you know, you know, this has been around for like seven, six, seven years now. Okay. And this was a great game release right after the next came out. Yeah. What is out now? Like, what are we looking at now? I don't necessarily expect a big quantum leap in graphics and sound, but what I would like to see is just more different <laughs> gameplay. Here's the, this is the Achilles heel of any system or game. It doesn't matter what the specs are, the, the fervor of the fan base, either said, you've got to have the chops to make a great game. We've proven it with the Spectrum without the next. Great games can come when the most, like, ugly, color-ridden disasters can still pump out a great game. Yeah. So even if you've got the extra stuff, it's all about who you've got designing the game that matters. So it'll be interesting to see what they come up with next uh, on that one, the Brent. So speaking of next, Aaron. Yes, sir. Do you know what we got going on next week here at the rotation? Well, tell everybody what's going on next week on the rotation, my I, friend. I do believe we're heading back to ARG land. We are. And once again, exploring my favorite topic, funny games. Oh, oh man. Because you really butchered that the first time. How that got back into the, into the, on the wheel is a, is a disaster. That's what happens when the wheel is under your limited control. This oh, yeah. is what we end well, up with. That, that's, so next week we're going to be playing funny games. I was talking to Brent before the show. And starting probably from here forward, we'll, when we do an ARG, we're going to announce the games on the show before we do that show. That way, we, everyone can get on board because we usually really we usually don't announce them till the Wednesday before the, we the record. spectrum stuff. No, I'm talking about the our, our, the ARG stuff when we do the wheel because we'll have a week at to think about it, and then we can come back in and announce and say we'll probably start announcing that stuff right away. I should mention, in case you're wondering, that uh, of course next week on ARG we are going to be looking at funny games. Uh, when we come back in a couple weeks to, it'll be three weeks, when we come back to the R. Sinclair show, we're going to be playing a game I don't know anything about, Brent. It's called Night Lore. Night Lore, that was the choice. The choice to say plat- the platform shooter Night Lore will be our next Spectrum game. But next week, we'll be taking on funny games. And yep. I hope you've got something better lined up than you did the first time. Ah. That was a disaster. It, to, to recap, the first time we ever covered funny games, Brent picked. Well, of course, the funniest game there is, Battle Chess. Battle Chess, which is probably the dumbest pick. Uh, It's at least in the top two. You picked a pinball game for Black and White. No, but that was a Black and White game. It was a Black and White pinball machine. No, the dumbest pick, it's either Battle Chess as the funny game or your idiotic pick for Halloween games, The Simpsons Hit and Run, which was, uh, that was equally stupid. You're an idiot. Made complete sense. Aaron, I want to mention real quick, Amigathon, uh, which you can still donate to, Amigathon.com. Yeah, we just did that. I forgot. To, we should probably should talk about it. Um, we are, have currently raised $5,345 oh, uh, for the, the Children's Miracle Network. If you would like to donate on uh, behalf of, uh, well, on behalf of yourself, but through uh, our our little Amigathon fun time link, you can go to Amigathon.com. You're the worst the, folks that I've ever seen for anything. We don't touch the donations. They all go straight to where they're going. Uh, it just shows that we support the Children of Miracle Network. So if you have a, a, a spare fiver, uh, hop over there and, and put it on to You're the like, donations. It, listen to you talk. It's like it, it's like human real time boggle. 
Yeah. It's just someone just shakes a thing full of words and just throws them on the table, and then you look at them, and you try to make a complete sentence. To be fair, Aaron, listening to you is like listening to old-time radio. It just puts you to sleep. That's fine. That's what I'm here for, is soothe people. <laughs> but the, yeah, thanks, everybody, that participated in the Megathon last week. It was, we had a lot of fun. We did. We mentioned it on ARG last week, but we're going to mention it on uh, Arson Sinclair as well. We, we, we appreciate everyone who kicks in. You know, we've been at this for a while. I think Boat said we've topped 35 Gs uh, on our career yeah. on that. And that's all thanks to our listeners and the people that watch our show. It's amazing to me. A little nothing happening outfit like me, you, and Boat can be involved in something uh, that, that can raise that kind of cash. Uh, and it shows the passion that people have, not just because they're watching us, but because they're passionate about helping out the kids. Yeah, we've got a good community. You know, That's and, where it comes from. And it's the one thing we do every year, because I do a lot of horrible, horrific things over the years. In my lifetime, it's a litany of destruction and mayhem. And so it's the one time of the year where I can feel good about myself and feel like I'm making a difference in, in a real, meaningful way. And so hopefully... For all the po- folks that kicked in, you have that same feeling. And if you're one of those people that like just are hard up and you can get a kick in or whatever, just by tuning in, you we appreciate you watching. Because let me tell you something, brother. I've been there. I've been hard up. Hard times, as Dusty Rhodes says. I know how it is. And sometimes you just don't have it to spend. So we don't don't think that we're putting you down. You're you're oh, okay no. in my book. I've been right there with you, my friend. You ready to take us thing to the house? I believe, Aaron. That's all we have for today. All right. Thanks, everybody. For joining us, we'll be back next week with Funny Games on ARG Presents. Should be a lot of fun. And until next time, rewind tape. And press play. Bam.